President Biden uh, borrowing the fascist baton from President Trump and deciding that his administration is going to continue its persecution of journalism by going after Julian Assange. President Biden's administration plans to continue to seek to extradite WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange from the United Kingdom to the U.S. to face hacking conspiracy charges, the Justice Department said today. Justice Department spokesperson Mark Ramondi on Tuesday said the U.S. government will continue to challenge a British judge's ruling last month that Assange should not be extradited to the U.S. because of the risk he would commit suicide. In a January 4th ruling, the judge, Vanessa Barrister, said, I find that the mental condition of Mr. Assange is such that would be oppressive to extradite him to the United States. I don't need to read you the rest. You get the point. So let's be extremely clear here. Joe Biden, uh, besides the fact that Donald Trump ran a terrible campaign, besides the fact that there is a deadly pandemic that Donald Trump horribly, horribly mismanaged and frankly didn't give a damn about. Joe Biden is largely responsible. Joe, Joe Biden largely won the Democratic primary primary because he hugged for dear life Obama. That's why he won. No offense, but that's why he won. Uh, frankly, that's why most black people in South Carolina voted for Joe Biden. I know that's, you know, white-splaining to say so, but the truth is most older black voters in South Carolina voted for Joe Biden because he was a loyal soldier for Barack Obama, who they love. So Joe Biden in the debates, Joe Biden, you know, as, as much as he breathed, wrapped his hands around Obama, maybe he sniffed Obama's hair and we just didn't see it because we know Biden likes sniffing people. Um, and he said... You know, Obama's my BFF. Remember, he tweeted out the, the little BFF bracelet with Obama. He took credit for anything Obama supposedly did well. And whatever Obama did, neg- did not do, uh, he wouldn't touch. So Obama, to his credit, we could credit somebody when they're right. Obama and his Department of Justice dis- decided not to charge Julian Assange, not to charge him with anything. Not to charge him with the Espionage Act, not to charge him with some BS, fuck it, bullshit, um, hacking charges, swear jar, not to charge him. Because they understood, even though they hate Julian Assange, even though he committed the you know, capital crime of releasing the truth about Hillary Clinton and her corruption, um, they decided that going after Julian Assange would be an affront to journalists that what Julian Assange did is not different than what corporate media darlings the New York Times has done in the past, the Washington Post, who, by the way, the New York Times and several other outlets worked with uh, WikiLeaks on many things. So they decided not to charge him. The only reason that Assange was charged by Trump's administration is because Trump was letting the neocon inmates run the asylum, first with Jeff Sessions, then with the merry-go-round of uh, the, um, DOJ directors, uh, attorney generals, excuse me, 
And Trump basically fed them a bone. And the CIA wanted to go after Assange. The FBI wanted to go after Assange. Homeland Security, U.S. Marshals, name your agency. They wanted to go after Assange. And as such, first in the Ecuadorian embassy and now in Belmarsh prison, he has been essentially languishing in, in torturous conditions. He has lost an exorbitant amount of weight. He is not physically or mentally well. And a judge ruled, you know, the, uh, the judge in the UK basically said, well, I agree with all of the U.S.'s completely un-American, complete, completely fascist rationalizations for why Assange should be um, extradited. The judge agreed that Assange allegedly tried to help Chelsea Manning hack passwords, which there's no evidence that he did. But she basically agreed with all that, but said, ironically, the U.S.'s horrific per prison system and conditions, we, it would be inhumane to send Julian Assange to the U.S. But Biden, even though his predecessor, which he's held on for dear life to get elected, Obama, even though his predecessor did the right thing in this case, Biden wants to continue this political jihad against Julian Assange. Why, do you ask? Could it be because of the Clinton wing of the Democratic Party, which is still a huge, huge element in his administration? Could it be because of the donors who don't like Assange? Why is Joe Biden deciding to waste taxpayers' money and to continue, as he took on Trump, at least rhetorically, took on Trump's uh, unprecedented attack on the free press, why is he now continuing on with Trump's straight-up fascist campaign against Julian Assange? There is no rational, humane, legal, legitimate reason that Julian Assange should be in prison. There is no you could hate somebody like you have every right to hate Julian Assange. If the CIA wants to hate him, if the White House wants to hate him, if all of them want to hate him, I don't agree with that, but you could hate him. I saw somebody tweet earlier when I tweeted out something about this. Uh, let him rot in prison. He's responsible for Trump. Number one, no, he's not. But number two, if we start saying let people rot in prison who are responsible for hurting our political team, then that's not a democracy. That's just tribalism. Run amok. Joe Biden, you know, I don't think, I'm not naive. We're not going to pressure Joe Biden left on anything, really. He's already moonwalked away from actual $2,000 checks. As I explained yesterday, he's now moonwalking and softening his stance on actually pushing a $15 minimum wage as part of the coronavirus stimulus. The only way, the only way, Biden is going to be pressured and shamed to stop this bullshit, which clearly is not only a threat to Assange, to WikiLeaks, it's a threat to me and status quo. If they could get away with, uh, if they could get away with doing this to Julian Assange, why can't they get away with saying I actively uh, participated in sources getting information that they then leaked to me? 
Who's to stop them from doing that? Who's to stop? Who's to stop them from targeting any journalist that doesn't uh, toe the corporate line, that doesn't kiss Biden's ass or future Biden's asses, and that basically say, no, no, you, it wasn't leaked to you. You were part of the criminal act of disseminating this information. This goes way beyond whether you're a Democrat, whether you're a Republican, whether you're progressive, whether you're a neoliberal. It doesn't matter. We already have a corrupt, and we're going to talk about this on the members call tonight because I got some revelations to tell my members. We already have a corrupt corporate media. We already have a corrupt corporate media that covers for the establishment. We already have a corrupt corporate media that basically takes ridiculous billionaire-bought think tank studies, passes it off as journalism to make sure we can't have a minimum wage increase, to make sure Medicare for all never happens, to make sure we don't have a Green New Deal, to make sure the masses stay numb and complacent. But now you want to basically license and make it possible for Joe Biden and other future leaders, say a President Tom Cotton, a President Tom Cotton, a President Josh Hawley, fill in the blanks, to essentially target any journalist they want, say, no, no, they didn't just publish the information, they were part of the process to illegally hack the information. What's your evidence? It doesn't matter, we say so. And we're going to use our, uh, our friends in the UK or whatever other country or court to push this. Make no mistake, Julian Assange, again, you don't have to like him. Julian Assange is a political prisoner, just like Chelsea Manning was. Julian Assange has been tortured. They are keeping him in confi- solitary confinement most of the day. There has been a widespread uh, passing of coronavirus, infection and spread of coronavirus. Where uh, I want to hear strong condemnation from Bernie Sanders, from AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Pramila Jayapal, Ayanna Presley, Ro Khanna, um, who am I forgetting? Corey Bush, uh, Jamal Bowman, Marie Newman, Mondaire Jones, whoever I'm forgetting. Now is the time to go to war with Joe Biden. Yes, we have to focus on coronavirus, but we could do more than one thing at a time. And Joe Biden should not be allowed to basically pick up the fascist baton, because that's what this is, from Donald Trump, and then pretend he's, quote, restoring the soul of the country. This is fascism straight up. They're not going after Assange. And what I mean by that is continuing with their appeal, which is going to keep him in jail. By the way, in the UK, they have released terrorists after they choose not to extradite them. They have released them into the public pending appeal, but they won't appeal. They won't release Julian Assange. Why do you think that is? What I see happening here is the Democratic Party basically doing the same exact thing that they did after the 2016 election, hoping for a repeat. And what do I mean by that? The Democratic Party, instead of doing the easy layup, basketball terms, the easy layup would be $2,000 checks, past $15 minimum wage as part of COVID relief, expand health care, do some type of government jobs program, as part of COVID relief, done, done, and done, you would wipe out in the midterms. Uh, it doesn't even matter if Trump would run again. You'd probably win re-election, whether it's Biden, 
Harris or whatever neoliberal Neanderthal runs for president. Instead of doing all that and meeting the moment of the desperate economic need, the Democratic Party and their desperate, when I say desperate, I mean desperate allies in the corporate media are trying to squeeze whatever remaining juice out of the orange that is Trump. When you watch CNN now, when you watch MSNBC now, by the way, if you didn't notice, CNN's ratings nosedived, nosedived in the first week Trump was gone. His tweets, he can't, he can't tweet now, so people aren't interested. Ratings across the board were down. MSNBC, Fox, same story. They're up again now because of the reality impeachment hearing, reality TV. Trump's back in the news. But after Trump, after he is acquitted, and he's going to be acquitted because the Republican Party are a bunch of, you know, uh, spineless little poops. Little poops, little shits. Excuse my French. Um, he's going to be acquitted. Uh, what are they going to do then? They can't actually, they're not interested in like doing actual news. They're not interested in per se going to Flint, Michigan to tell you that the water is still poison or try to hold the people accountable for who poisoned that community. They're not interested in going around covering pipeline fights happening in Minnesota and other states, even during a pandemic. They're not interested in going to Seattle and other places to show you the economic terrorism going on right now, thanks to Jeff Bezos and Amazon. They're not interested in going down to Alabama to cover uh, the unionization fight uh, Amazon workers in Alabama are waging and Amazon's Pinkerton-like um, fear campaign, intimidation campaign to get their workers not to vote to unionize in Alabama. They're not interested in, go, in covering uh, progressive campaigns uh, for state houses or elsewhere. They're not interested in real news. So there's plenty of stories to cover. They are not interested in covering it. But what I see happening and you could say, well, Jordan, what do you mean they're redoing what they did after the 2016 campaign? After the 2016 campaign, instead of doing some soul searching and actually moving to the left after Hillary Clinton, the most experienced, the most, uh, the, uh, you know, the most well fundraised candidate ever at that point. Um. They basically, instead of looking at why did Trump win, they created a new Cold War in Russia. And you could say, well, Jordan, it kind of worked, didn't it? They retook the House in 2018. They retook, they won the presidency in 2020. So isn't changing the subject, isn't not addressing people's economic needs, isn't being rhetorically progressive, but in reality conservative, didn't it work for them? Well, yeah, it worked for them because Trump was president in the midterms of 28. He essentially destroyed his chances uh, and the party's chances because of his horrible rhetoric, particularly with women. And then it worked again, barely uh, in the presidential election. Biden didn't win by a lot. Remember, we were getting predictions. He's going to win by 330 electoral votes. He's going to get to 330. He's going to get to 350, maybe 400 in the electoral college. He got the 307. 
And he only won Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, not by a landslide. We're talking one or two percentage points. And he needed a deadly pandemic that Trump badly effed up to win. So Biden and the Democrats, they're not going to have Trump as the boogeyman in 2022. In 2024, they're also not going to have Trump as the boogeyman. And that's the key. They're trying to continue to run against Trump. They think it was a fluke in 2016. They think they would have won just running against Trump if they had a better candidate than Hillary Clinton. They said, we ran against Trump in 2018 and we won the midterms. We ran against Trump. We got to get rid of him, restore the soul of the nation in 2020, and we won. And they think doing that over again is going to win them, keep their margins in 2022, maybe grow their majority in the House, grow their uh, majority in the Senate, and then they think, rinse, repeat, play that same old record, they'll keep the White House in 2024. When you already have, you know, CNBC did this piece. Sure, you could say it's anecdotal, but they spoke with X amount of, uh, X amount of people who are pissed off, Democrats, they already moonwalked, Biden already moonwalked, $2,000 check goes to $1,400 check. Oh, wait, now we're going to, you know, we got to target it. We got to means test it. Do we target a means test how much money we piss away for Iraq, Afghanistan, aid to Israel, aid to other countries? We don't means test any of that. Subsidies to banks, subsidies to the fossil fuckers, subsidies to big pharma, big real estate, Silicon Valley, the defense industry. We don't means test any of that. Only checks to the working class, to the desperate masses do we have to means test. Biden is kind of waffled. Technically, at the moment, they're keeping it at $75,000. Anyone making $75,000 or under uh, will get that $1,400 check. Couple making $150,000 will get it. Uh, To me, that's not the fight we should be waging. There should have been a coordinated effort that not only are we getting an actual $2,000 check, but we're getting that every single month. Every single month until you're at 90 to 95% vaccination. That's it. Secondly, there is nothing, nothing in Joe Biden's, you know, the media frames it as this sprawling, this sprawling, massive $1.9 trillion uh, economic stimulus. Well, it's sprawling because it's a lot bigger than the Obamas in 2008. But let me ask you a question. When you have 45% of the jobs, 45% of the jobs are not back that were lost from coronavirus. That's nearly half of the jobs that were lost, not back. When they're doing, I think, $400 unemployment, again, you're lucky if you get the unemployment. We've seen what a bureaucratic nightmare that is, trying to get that unemployment. $400 a week. Okay. A $1,400 check, $400 a week, not a thing to actually forgive or cancel the rent. If you, if you are on that boat and you haven't been able to pay your rent or your mortgage, when the moratorium is up, maybe they'll extend it past March 31st. Let's say they extend it to July. Okay. This is just musical chairs. Eventually, you're going to be left with a bill. If you're lucky, $5,000. If you're not lucky, 20000 or more. There's nothing in there for that. 
What is a $1,400 check? And I don't want to hear it from people. Well, Jordan, it's better than nothing. What are you going to do with a $1,400 check, $400 unemployment when the music stops and you lose your, and you lose, you're kicked out of your apartment or you're kicked out of your home? What are you going to do? A $1,400 check, they call it a survival check. Uh, I don't know about you, but if you have medical bills stacking up because of your deductible, you know, I've had to pay $3,000 so far just this year to get an endoscopy for my stomach, to get a uh, CAT scan for my abdomen, and now $900 I spent last night for a breathing test. That's with insurance, just the deductible for the year. What about your car payments? What about your medicine? What about your student loans? What about fill in the blank, groceries, a 1400 survival check? And I don't even understand why people write it like survival. Who's surviving off of $1,400? Who's surviving off of $400 a week? You could, well, devil's advocate, Jordan, you could say it's $400 a week plus whatever f***ing crumbs you get from your state unemployment. Okay, let's say the $400 a week plus, I don't know, $250, $300 a week. Maybe, what does that bring you to, 700 you surviving off of $700 a week times that by four with if you don't have a job anymore or your hours have been cut or you've, you're late with rent. If you were living in France, if you were living in Australia, if you were living in Canada and for a year pandemic that is not over, we got two more contagious, more deadly variants going around. You were told that you were going to get $3,200 for a year plus your unemployment with no eviction protection. When I say eviction protection, I mean when, it's, when the music stops, you're not getting kicked out of your home. There's zero protection for that. Biden's COVID bill gives you that neoliberal fairy dust of jobs retraining. They started with this in the Clintons. That was the big, big billboard plan. For the Democrats, we got a vibrant uh, job retraining program. So what I'm here to tell you is you got the Democratic Party and the media. They are continuing. This isn't my opinion. This has already been reported. Their focus is still Trump. The Democratic Party seems to think that their winning strategy for the midterms to widen uh, their margin is not to actually do things economically, not to do anything healthcare-wise, not to do anything, uh, you know, climate, you name it. They're going to run on QAnon. House Democrats are preparing to center their strategy for the far-off midterm elections on a simple, aggressive message. Republicans are the party of QAnon. Making an unusually early move to protect their narrow majority, House Democrats' campaign arm on Tuesday launched its first TV ad campaign, spotlighting supporters supporters of the free conspiracy fringe conspiracy theory, including those who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, blah, 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 blah. So, let's go through the list here. And I know people will say, Jordan, you're being unfair. He's only been in office for three minutes. Well, FDR, in, similar economic situa- in a similar economic situation, Got a lot, got more done in the first 10 days that Biden has gotten done now nearly a month. We're headed for a month next week. 
Biden, in an interview, is moonwalking. He's saying, oh, I think, I, I talked about this yesterday. Oh, I think, I don't think we're going to be able to get it passed. Um, I don't think we're going to be able to get it passed. $15 minimum wage as part of our COVID stimulus. We're going to have to have that as a standalone bill and we'll negotiate with Republicans. What do you mean you don't think? I said this yesterday. What are you, some grasshopper? Some passive stander, standbyer? You're the president. If you want the $15 minimum wage, part of your COVID bill, it would be in there. The Senate parliamentarian won't let you give me a break. And I would be the first one to credit Joe Biden, even though he's a neoliberal warmonger, if he fought and pushed for $15 minimum wage in the COVID relief bill. Then, after I credit him, I would push and start the campaign that we need to accelerate the phasing in of this $15 minimum wage. Sorry, $15 minimum wage is not good enough if you're not going to get it till 2025. Already, if we're factoring inflation, it would be closer to 23 to $25 a month. So they already moonwalked on the $2,000 check. Now $1,400. Then they're trying to means test that. Then, then they moved away from $600 a week unemployment down to $400 a week. All of this, by the way, is negotiating against themselves. They have the House. They have the Senate. They have the White House. They've already said uh, we're going to use budget reconciliation. So they're doing all of this while their allies in the media are trying desperately because their ratings are diving or are sinking because they don't have Trump anymore in his hourly tweets. They're just focused on Trump. Then they're trying to focus on Marjorie Taylor Greene, thinking that Marjorie Taylor Greene and covering her 24-7 will have that same Trump effect with their older audience and make them continue to be glued in. So what are they not doing? They are not covering the fact that there is no eviction protections. There's a moratorium. That's not the same thing as a protection. They're not covering the fact that literally poverty has gone up by 10% during this pandemic barely mention it, not covering the fact that the PPP small business program was raided by plutocrats. They are not touching the fact that um, during this pandemic, Amazon and other corporate raiders have essentially been terrorizing their workers. Come in or you're gone. Speak out or you're gone. And they're counting on continuing a five, six-year strategy of only focusing on Donald Trump. When Trump's gone, let's try and find a different Trump as the boogeyman, whether it's Marjorie Green Taylor, they'll find somebody else if she doesn't work on the ratings. Meanwhile, Trump, he's still strong. A new CBS YouGov poll between... Republicans, if Trump formed his own party, would you join it? 70% say either yes or maybe. 70% either yes or maybe. Republicans, important for the party to be loyal to Trump. Very important, 46%. Somewhat important, 27%. This is 7 in 10 we're talking. Republicans are still loyal to Donald Trump. 
And Trump sees the writing on the wall, folks. I'm not going to read you this whole story, but just a little bit. Already, Trump aides contend the impeachment process has proved beneficial to the ex-president, exposing disloyalty within the party's ranks and igniting grassroots backlash against Republicans who have attempted to nudge the GOP base away from Trump. Nebraska Senator Ben Sass spent last week fending off constituent, constituent criticisms and censures from state party officials after he compared Trumpism to civic cancer for the nation. Uh, while ensconced at Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Trump has remained in touch with political allies and advisors, but he has intentionally kept a low profile, something that will likely continue this week. Allies of the president who dismissed the impeachment process as unserious and unconstitutional nevertheless acknowledge Trump can use it to capitalize on grassroots outrage and reconnect with his supporters. They said the former president and his team need to take the process seriously and saturate the airwaves with his defenders. And you know what is going to happen, folks? Trump is going to come out of this after he's convicted. I mean, after he's acquitted. Uh... Trump is basically, yeah, the media will be outraged. Biden, Dems, they'll say this is the end of America, blah, 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 blah. Give it a week. Trump will start somehow, even though it's not going to be through Twitter, he'll start getting out there again and wait till the rallies start again. Wait till Trump's rallies across America. Make America great again. Save America. Wait till Biden pushes the TPP through, which is 100% going to happen. He's already basically signaled that he wants to take a look at it again. Wait till, wait till uh, Biden pushes the TPP through. Wait till the ec- economic numbers continue to suffer. Wait till, wait till the $1.9 trillion stimulus bill does the same exact thing that the $750 billion did in 2008, which is slowly help the recovery, but not, ex- not fast enough. You got... Biden walking back his promises. You have the Democratic Party fixating on Trump still. QAnon. Meanwhile, people are starving. You're going to have a mass homelessness epidemic because they're not going to do a damn thing to actually forgive the rent, to cancel the rent. And then what you're going to have between Trump's rallies, which are, I'm telling you, save this video, they're going to happen. I'd say give it a month or two. And in 2022, you know the difference? The Democrats aren't going to be able to bank on an unprecedented number of black people coming out in Georgia for them in the congressional midterms. They're not going to be able to bank on an unprecedented amount of black people coming out them out for them in Michigan, in Wisconsin, and the other states. That's why Biden won. It's because in Atlanta, in Detroit, in Milwaukee, in Philadelphia, black people came out at a much higher number than they did for Hillary Clinton in 2016. Without Trump on the ballot in 2022, sorry, there's no reason to think that there's going to be that same, uh, ur- you know, urgent and high volume of voters. Presumably, we're going to be out of this pandemic and it won't be as heavy towards mail-in ballots either. You think if the Democratic Party, as their relief to the masses, is a $1,400 check $400 unemployment that will probably expire by summer or fall because they're stupidly going to set it to expire by the summer, my guess would be. Again, the bureaucratic mess that is unemployment. So God knows 
if everybody will get it fast enough? Who's going to get blamed for that? And the corporate media, they think they might be helping Biden and the Democrats, but they're actually going to be hurting them because they're going to be fixing on Trump, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all these people, while the people that the Democrats need to keep their House majority, keep their Senate, are going to look and say, nobody helped me. I got a check that amounts to crumbs. Uh, My small business didn't get bailed out. Nobody stopped uh, my landlord or the banks from kicking me out to the streets. What really the true relief that needs to come, and frankly, shame on Bernie, shame on the squad, for progressives not fighting for this, you need $2,000 checks a month until this pandemic for medical experts is over. We have the money, $2,000 a month. You don't need unemployment weekly. You need $2,000 a month for individuals, more per couple. You need a freezing on the rent. The federal government will pay the landlords. The federal government will pay uh, the mortgage brokers. That's what we need. That's what other countries are doing. And I'm sorry to Washington Post and all these outlets that are writing, oh, the unprecedented or the sprawling or the massive 1.9 trillion. Yeah, 1.9 trillion, it's a big number. There's a lot of good things in that stimulus bill. Credit to Biden. There are some good things on there. Additional food nutrition. The fact that they want to do $3,000 checks per child um, is, is good. I don't have to like Biden. You can accredit him when he's right. But that's not enough. That's not enough. They're talking about canceling $10,000 in student loan debt. Are you kidding me? That's a night, that's a night out to dinner for most people with student loan debt. That's not even, what is that, one fifteenth of your student loan debt? $10,000? Come on. Amazon's investors are speaking out against Amazon. Oh, you love to see it. You love to see it. Amazon's investors are telling them, stop interfering with the U.S. union effort in Alabama. And when we say interfering, we're talking about terrorizing their workers into not voting to be to to join a union, form a union in Alabama. Mail-in balloting has begun this week as workers come under pressure to reject unionization. Amazon should stop interfering with efforts by its workers to unionize ahead of a pivotal vote in Alabama, said a group of more than 70 of its investors. Mail-in balloting began this week among more than 5,800 employees in Bessemer, a suburb of Birmingham, marking the first attempt by U.S.-based Amazon workers to vote for union representation. But an anti-union campaign has been waged through posters, flurries of text messages, and compulsory meetings during working hours. A website has been set up to advise workers that unionization would mean, quote, it won't be easy uh, to be as helpful and social with each other. The Amazon investors, led by the Swedish groups Folksum and Omen Fonder, collectively control more than $20 billion in shares and also include the comptrollers for both New York State and New York City, Legal and General Investment Management, BMO Global Asset Management, and the Church of England Pensions Board. 
In a letter, they called upon Amazon to end its union busting and remain, quote, neutral. They added that Amazon appears to be going against the tenor of its own global human rights principles. <laughs> Amazon human rights principles published on the company's website, which states it respected, quote, employees right to join, form or not to join a labor union or other lawful organizations of their own selection without fear of reprisal, intimidation or harassment. Scott Stringer, New York City Comptroller, said, as these workers seek to organize with the union for health, safety, and protection, Amazon's investors are watching. We want workers we have to know we have their backs. There is power in their unity and power in labor, and they have my full support as they fight for a safe, fair workplace. A successful vote would see workers at the facility join the retail wholesale, and department store union, which is pledged to focus on grievances that include packing quotas, workplace safety, and time allowed for bathroom breaks. In Europe, Amazon facilities with union-backed workforces were able to stand down with full pay during the early stages of the COVID-19 crisis. So Alabama is not the first place that has tried to unionize uh, among Amazon workers. And Amazon has pulled every dirty trick in the book to stop it. Let me be clear. Amazon has done more than put up poster boards in their Alabama uh, warehouses that, oh, this will break, you know, this will break our good vibes. She won't be able to talk to workers as easily about issues because of the union. I, I know for a fact that they have tried to intimidate workers that, you know, if if you guys vote to unionize, we might have to cut jobs because, you know, we'll be making less. Less profit means less ability to keep uh, keep everybody. So threatening your jobs, surveilling workers, surveilling meetings or conversations workers have been having. They, they I mean, it's already clear that they've been doing this. There's been reports a few months ago that Amazon was doing this uh, in the U.K., and I have been told that they're doing that here in Alabama. I spoke with John, our cameraman. We're looking into, is there anything going on down there that we should go and actually cover in Alabama? Uh, we don't want to send somebody if there's nothing physically happening in terms of you know, rallies, protests, whatever. Um, it's a pandemic, so right now it seems like the main campaign to unionize is virtual, which we understand. But we're kind of monitoring it because I think it's a big story that we might want to go cover uh, if there's anything happening to physically cover. But I think this is super important because, to be clear, Amazon will do everything humanly possible to stop that first unionization success. Because if there's one, if there's one that successfully gets confirmed and gets unionized, it could be a domino effect from there. And if, if multiple, if one, and then multiple Amazon warehouses are able to unionize, then a Amazon's economic hunger games starts, starts to end. And they do not want that. This is why, take Amazon and make it bigger. This is why the oligarchs, the plutocrats, the, the people that run the United Corporations of America, they don't want to give an inch they don't want to give an inch to workers because if, if you give an inch to workers, 
there is a huge risk to them taking the whole field. So very important that we don't just do hashtags, but we focus on this unionization and effort in Alabama because it could be a domino effect from there, not just for other Amazon warehouses, but other workers in Walmart, in other companies that have been union busted for decades. So I'm going to try and schedule some interviews with people trying to get this Amazon warehouse unionized. Uh, We are going to expose the dirty tricks that Amazon is doing to stop this from happening. And right now, the mail-in balloting has started. They're voting virtually. They have two months to send in their ballots, so we're not going to know for a little while. So there's time right now to get this in the main uh, spotlight. Promise you, CNN's going to not cover it. MSNBC, they don't want to touch it. New York Times, I think the Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos, is going to cover this much? (laughs) Not happening. But it is very, very important that this is a fair process. Because I think if it were a fair process and there were actual, actually regulators monitoring to make sure Amazon is not intimidating their workers, I could promise you people would vote to form a union in Alabama and elsewhere. 